It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins are set to face the Kansas City Chiefs for the second time this season, and there is a whole lot different for both teams this time around. That's our focus here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to this Super Wild Card Weekend Wednesday edition of Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts because it is your team every day here on the Locked on Network. We don't just say it, we live it. Tip of the cap to our everydayers. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when it comes to to the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your or, or your order. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Dolphins, Chiefs, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, not Kansas, right? Uh, you're in the Midwest. It's going to be cold. <laughs> that seems to be... All anybody can talk about is it's going to be cold against the Kansas City Chiefs, to which I say good. Um, I think the way the last two weeks have gone for the Dolphins with injuries and, and team performance and uh, now finding yourself in the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs, expectations kind of out the window, right? Uh, there, there's not a lot of people that are expecting anything from the Dolphins at this stage, to which I say good. I remember the game last year. Dolphins going in with a third-string quarterback, very low expectations. And Miami was in a position to win that football game in the final minutes of that game. And I can only hope, and I do expect, the team to kind of show up and, and give you that same kind of effort, whether you've written them off or not. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride uh, for the postseason, and then we'll go back to the big-picture conversations around this team, uh, where it is, where it should have been, where it could have been, where it needs to go, all of that in the aftermath. But right now, it's postseason football. We're getting more Dolphins games than we were guaranteed this season I'm going to join no expectations, and I hope you do too. Now, they're facing a Chiefs team that is a very different team, as is Miami, than the last time that these two teams played one another. Kansas City this season uh, started the year 7-2 and two before their own bye week in Week 10 after the game in Germany against the Dolphins. Of course, they won that game 21-14. to 14. In the eight games since, the Chiefs are 4-4. Four and four. So this is not a team that has had a lot of rousing success down the stretch. They lost to Philadelphia 21-17. They lost to the Green Bay Packers at home or in Green Bay. Uh, and that was 27-19. They lost to the Buffalo Bills 20-17. Of course, that was the infamous Kadarius Tony offensive offsides penalty. And then they lost to the Raiders 20-14. to Courtesy of uh, two defensive touchdowns for the Raiders in a span of like seven seconds. So the losses this year for the Chiefs, uh, they've had some ugly ones. Their win since the bye at Las Vegas Raiders by two touchdowns, uh, and they needed to come back in that game. The Raiders kind of hit them in the mouth early in that game. 
uh, at New England Patriots by 10. Cincinnati Bengals week 17, and then they finished strong uh, with the backups, winning 13-12 to against the L.A. Chargers uh, in a game that the Chiefs uh, kicked the game-winning field goal with less than a minute left in the game. So uh, obviously starters sitting for that game. That game result doesn't really matter, but it's more the focus of this Chiefs team that did not finish the season particularly well. Uh, they four and four after the bye. Miami, of course, all the attention on the Dolphins and their kind of end of stretch struggles. They're five and three. So Miami better record after the bye than the Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City comes into this game really struggling with Travis Kelsey uh, to find a rhythm there. He finished with 93 receptions for 984 yards. Uh, he sat week 18 with an opportunity to go over a thousand for I think the eighth straight season. Uh, but the other emergent target is Rasheed Rice. And I think that that's an acknowledgement worth making because Rasheed Rice played the Chiefs, the, the Dolphins game and had two targets, two catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. He's had three games with triple-digit targets after the bye, and he had an additional two games with nine targets apiece. So the emergence of Rasheed Rice, I think, is the biggest shift offensively for Kansas City since when the Dolphins played them earlier in the season. And as you're going through matchups and you anticipate not having um, Xavier Howard, which Mike McDaniel alluded to earlier this week, uh, you're going to have to ask yourself the question, what do you do with Jalen Ramsey? I, I think the answer, especially when you cross-reference what happened against Buffalo last week, uh, the Bills had a ton of success targeting the middle of the field. I would probably leverage Kelsey with multiple players. I would ask Ramsey to match at times and key down in distances with she Rice, and I'd let the rest of my structured coverage uh, kind of handle the rest of the matchups. When you go through the Chiefs and the rest of that group, it really is eye-opening to see the distribution of targets for this offense. Uh, as a total across the season, Kelsey, 121 targets. Rasheed Rice, 102. No other player offensively had more than 53 targets in the passing game. The next highest receiver in receptions is Isaiah Pacheco with 44. And then you have Noah Gray, the other tight end, with 28 receptions. And then you get to the next wide receivers on the pecking order with Justin Watson, Kairis, Tony, each getting 27 receptions on the season apiece. So your flow of volume offensively really runs through those two players. And uh, I think the unfortunate thing for Miami is Miami had a lot of success defensively against the Chiefs. Uh, they held the offense to 14.7 of those, came on a very good opening script from Andy Reid where they went right down the field. And everything else was kind of herky-jerky. They played field position battle for a while. Kansas City finally slaps a drive together. And then you have, of course, the catastrophic offensive error by the Dolphins. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the errors for this wild card game uh, that put the other seven points just before half on the board as Miami's going in to potentially get points and make things interesting. So uh, Kansas City, uh, I think a team that you you have a pretty good idea of what they are. You have a good idea of who they're going to try to use to beat you offensively. And uh, Miami had some some success with their own defense attacking that. Uh, but they are now facing the prospect of doing that with brand new guys on the edge versus the guys who are the big impact players in Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips the first time they played. 
And that's a great segue into Dolphins personnel being uh, the biggest thing that's different for the Dolphins coming into this game. We will talk about that next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I know we come to sports to kind of escape from the crazy realities of life, but if we could just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's scary. Can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones got sick while the supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because the Jace case, the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. Watching football, even playoff football, is always a little bit better when you got a little skin in the game for yourself. And for that, you should use Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the most exciting way to play DFS because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. If you successfully get a six player pick combo on Prize Picks, you can win up to 25 times your money. If you want to play alongside of some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. That is PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Miami, uh, biggest thing different about this team is obviously the personnel. <laughs> the um, the Dolphins have had a rough go on the edge of their off of their defense, uh, but I do think one thing that's worth acknowledging uh, for the Dolphins is, from an offensive standpoint, they are aligned to have pretty much everybody other than Connor Williams and Isaiah Wynn, and they didn't have either one of, or they they did not have Isaiah Wynn or Robert Hunt when they played the first time but they were also without Devon Achan, uh, and he's aligned to play in this game. Sounds like Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddell are trending towards being back. This is really the first time the wide receiver and um, running back rooms are going to be intact since going back to like Washington where Tyreek gets banged against Tennessee and then he's out against the Jets and then Mostert gets banged versus Dallas and Waddle gets banged and Waddle and Mostert are both out the last two weeks. So like the last five weeks has really been a tough stretch as far as some of the identifying players for the Dolphins offensively. They should have that all back. And if you're going back to the original depth chart at the beginning of the season, the Dolphins will have everyone not named Isaiah Wynn and Connor Williams in the lineup. And those two players obviously being replaced by Liam Eikenberg and by Rob Jones, who started at left guard against the Bills on week 18. Uh, that's a nice consolation prize for what's going on on the edge of the defense where Mike McDaniel announced after the game, Jerome Baker broken wrist played the second half with it. He's had surgery. He's out. Andrew Van Ginkle foot injury. He's been placed on injured reserve. He's out. Obviously you've already lost Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. 
<laughs> Xavier Howard not expected to play. So the, the hits coming on the defensive side of the ball, really. And, and your your ability to stem the tide there is going to have to come from more Javon Holland availability. It's going to have to come from elevated play from the linebackers in coverage versus what they've given you the last couple weeks. And it's going to have to come from uh, a who's who of 2017 pass rushers, which is what the Dolphins have resorted to this week. The biggest change for Miami is the edge personnel. And I do think the conditions of this game can mitigate that to some degree. But let's talk about what this has to look like. You have Emmanuel Agba, who's been on their, under contract. He's elevated in his role. He's going to be a, private, a primary starter. Melvin Ingram's going to be the other primary starter. And I'd say Melvin Ingram actually played pretty darn good. He had a sack and a half against Buffalo. Um, it's it's just going to take a Herculean effort. And the good news about Melvin Ingram is I remember the game that he played against Buffalo week two of last year, or week three of last year, which was also a Herculean effort by him. He's capable of that. And he's this is one of my favorite players of the last decade of NFL football because of just how he plays the game. I don't envy him signing off the street a few weeks ago, being on the practice squad and being elevated, and now being today elevated to the active roster and probably get to play full-time snap share. But that's the shoes that he has to fill. I think the de facto backup players for each one of those are players that were signed by the Dolphins this week. I think the de facto backup to Emmanuel Agba is Justin Houston, who just last year had almost double-digit sacks. Uh, he's been quiet this year. He, he started with Carolina, um, didn't latch anywhere else. Uh, certainly not the player that he was when he was logging 15-plus sacks as a pass rusher in Kansas City. But I think that's your de facto hand-in-the-dirt backup to Emmanuel Agba, and I think your de facto backup to Melvin Ingram is Bruce Irvin, who also signed, and he's... Uh, a perfect style physically, even at this stage in his career where he's an older player, uh, to kind of be the two-point stance, not have your hand in the dirt type of, of athletic player behind Melvin Ingram. So if you can get those guys ready for maybe 12 to 15 snaps a piece, I think you can piece something together that's just largely not as dynamic. It's largely not as experienced within the system. But if you're looking for silver linings for Miami's sake, I do think you look to and point to the conditions of this game. Guys, cold is an understatement. This, is, this has potential to be the coldest game in Kansas City Chiefs franchise history. This has potential to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. Okay? And I think that opens the door for this to be a little bit less about home field advantage. By the way, if you're a Midwestern Dolphins fan, and you don't mind the cold, or you got a ton of layers, and you want to go root for the team, tickets are pretty darn cheap because of how cold it's going to be. A lot of opportunities for Dolphins fans to kind of sneak in there at Arrowhead. Um, whereas if you'd have played this game week nine stateside in Arrowhead, uh, ticket price is probably two to three X, the, the amount that they're selling for online right now. Uh, so you understand why that's the case, but uh, it, it makes it a little bit less about a true home field advantage. And it's a little bit more about uh, who can prepare for the elements appropriately and who mentally executes the most. Uh, I, I do think mistakes are going to dictate this game. And unfortunately uh, for the dolphins, you look at what they've done each of the last two weeks, 
offensively, we thought they kind of ironed out the issues. They turned the ball over once in four games against the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets, and the Cowboys, and you unfortunately looked at that one turnover you had against Tennessee. It cost you the football game. Because you lost by a point, you turned the ball over in the two-yard line. Turnaround's fair play. Ball don't lie. Cowboys turned it over a few weeks later on the two-yard line, uh, and the Dolphins won that game by two points. So I guess uh, the balance of the ball is all even out eventually. Uh, five turnovers offensively for Miami the last two weeks. Five. You do that against Kansas City, you're going to lose by multiple scores. But if you cannot turn the ball over and you can attack where Kansas City is weakest defensively, which they have struggled at times this season against the run, the Raiders ran for 157. Now, granted, the Raiders passed for 48 yards in that game and the Raiders got two defensive touchdowns, but nevertheless, they rushed for 157. There has been one team, one team since week five that failed to rush for at least 100 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was the New England Patriots, whose offense was in the middle of the Bailey Zappi transition. 118 by the Chargers with Easton Stick. And granted, some starters didn't play in that game. You take that with a grain of salt. 104 for the Bengals. The Bengals, you know, their, their resurgence was really rooted in the passing game and their passing weapons, not in the running game. Uh, the Raiders 157, the Patriots 52, the Bills 118, the Packers 129, the Raiders 123, the Eagles 114, the Dolphins 117, the Broncos 153, the Chargers 139, the Broncos 115. Then you're back to Minnesota, week five, rushed for 70. And that team can't run the ball to save their lives with Alexander Madison. Jets 108, Bears 116, Lions 118. Teams have been able to get after you a little bit on the ground here. If this is a cold-weather game, why not? Why can't you run the ball? Well, one of the reasons why is your um, skill players that you charged with in the game against Kansas City with making some of those blocks on the edge, I really thought they struggled with the size of the uh, edge players on Kansas City. So that's where I look to a guy like Cedric Wilson and I ask myself, you've gotten more run this late in the year. Can you be a player that can help make the difference in this game? Now, Cedric against the Chiefs played 41 snaps. So it's not like he was uninvolved and he obviously caught a touchdown from two in that game. But can he fulfill some of the more tight alignment River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. Can you get a bigger body in there? Is this more of a Julian Hill spot than what it was the first time through? I can't say for certain, but these are the things that I'm asking myself about what can be different this time through as compared to the first time that you played against the Chiefs. Uh, Durham Smythe, uh, 53 snaps in that game, but was inactive after the bye. So he was not quite himself in that first game against the Chiefs, which I think is at least good context to hold as well. Julian Hill in that game against Kansas City uh, played seven snaps offensively. I think I, I look at Alec Ingold and Julian Hill, especially with Waddle potentially back you can still have the speed to, to create space vertically and prevent teams from crowding the box and get more of your heavier players involved for this cold weather game. 
I think from personnel standpoint, those are some things that can change. But of course, this edge group for Miami is is the big change in departure from the first time through. But again, if this is a little bit more of a close to the vest game where you're just trying not to make mistakes, I think you play some heavier fronts. I think you see maybe some more two tight end sets from both offenses. And if that's the case, I think you really mitigate the lack of uh, zest and pop from the edge group because it's a little bit about but just more um, fundamentals of playing control at the line of scrimmage and preventing horizontal displacement. And to be quite frank with you, the Chiefs tackle situation is bad. So it's bad on bad there. And it's good on good on the inside. Be a really fascinating matchup. Now, location, location, location. Obviously uh, not in Germany. We'll talk a little bit more about that and a little bit more about these weather conditions that are expected here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you're finally organized in one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the the stats speak for themselves as far as the, the temperatures. The Dolphins have lost their last 10 games when the, the temperature has been under 40 degrees. The last time the Dolphins won a cold weather game of this magnitude was in 08 when they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs 38-31. I think Tyler Thigpen was playing quarterback for the Chiefs that year. Uh, that was obviously the uh, Chad Pennington uh, divisional title run the last time the Dolphins won the AFC East. Uh, yeah, uh, Dolphins have 403 yards of offense in that game. The defense gets four turnovers in spite of giving up almost 500 yards of offense. And yes, Tyler Thigpen, um, under 50% completion, 320 yards, two touchdowns, but was sacked three times and had three interceptions, ran for an additional touchdown. Uh, six for 57, had two fumbles in the game. Uh, that's one of the ones down the stretch run that was a really fun part of that season for Miami, uh, where the Dolphins end up coming back in the fourth quarter and sco- scoring two touchdowns in the final seven minutes uh, to go from a 31-24 fourth quarter deficit to winning 38-31. And that game was cold. And this game on Sunday is going to be even colder. The bad news for Miami is that Chiefs team was bad. <laughs> they were two and thirteen at that point, playing in ten degree weather late in the season, where Kansas City almost assuredly ready to get the heck out of Dodge and call this a day. I think 
This year's group, though, for Kansas City, I am interested. You know, they've had a tough season. How much can they galvanize themselves versus a Miami team that I think as you watch Hard Knocks and you get a little bit more of the context from all of the, the media that's available out there, this team still is bought in. Um, and I'm not saying that the Chiefs aren't, but I do wonder how throughout the course of that game script, that element of this game, which is a lot of uh, discipline and willpower, even more than, than a, a regular NFL playoff game because of the conditions. And if I'm finding any silver lining, I look back at how that team performed against Buffalo late in the year last year when they had to play in a primetime slot. They played against the Bills and scored 29 points and had a fourth quarter lead that they couldn't hold. Sounds familiar. But they played up in that game. And then they go up in the wild card game and they are on the road again in another cold weather situation. They play up again. I expect Mike McDaniel's going to have this team ready to go, but when it's this cold and like we're talking like zero degrees with wind chill in the negative twenties, negative teens. Uh, I, I do think you have to adjust the way you catch the football. You got to catch a little bit more with your body. I do think that maybe helps too with some of the uh, quick game and the intermediate game because he's a touch thrower. You know, it, it'll be easier to catch the ball if you're accurate and you can throw with touch. But this game really is going to come down to who can win the line of scrimmage, who will not make the mistakes, and who will bring it in that climate for 60 minutes, and hopefully no longer, because I don't think my heart could take an overtime playoff game with the Dolphins with what their playoff history has been. (laughs) I could see a pathway for the Dolphins winning this game. I absolutely can. But I don't think expectations should dictate you to expect it. But I think that's what makes this for me as I'm in my shoes as a fan and an analyst and somebody who's got to critically look at this team and constructively look at this team and constructively talk about this team. I don't expect with the injuries and the adversity to go into Kansas City and win, but I've seen enough of this iteration of the team to know that they're going to be up to play the game. Can you execute? This is an execution game. And I do think you look at where Kansas City is weak. And Miami has a strength there, or it mitigates a weakness of the Dolphins' own as a result. So we'll play the game and see what happens. We're going to do Locked On crossover Thursday with Locked On Chiefs tomorrow, so you have that to look forward to, a little bit more insight into this game. As we get ready for the Dolphins' uh, second consecutive road wild card game for another season, uh, they obviously looking to get off the schneid and get their first win in a long time in a postseason setting. We'll see how ready they are for that game. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. And we'll be back again tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.